Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton Podcast. Welcome to episode 64 of the Unholy Trinity podcast. This week, brought to you in partnership with our usual partners, Flatback 4, but also for this week as well, we've got the, the little tap room on Egbeth Road as our local sponsor, uh, as we go through some, some real difficult times in this city, especially. So we've got them on board for this week. It, it's a great little uh, outlet, a little uh, micro pub distillery, and, and they asked them open as well for, for pickups as well. So... Look them up, you know, great little company. Uh, do a lot for the community as well with the money they bring in for, for some of the sales. So have a little look at them if you can. Well, I'm delighted to say we've been joined by um, a first-timer this week, recommended by a friend of the show, El Pivote. We couldn't speak uh, more highly of you, mate. That's, that's Tom Long. Tom, thanks for coming on the show, mate. Hi, lads. You know what Spot on, mate. Spot on. Now, you, you do work for the same the same company as, uh, as Andy, don't you, as well? He was saying to me the other day. Yeah, yeah, I'm, everyone says I'm a bit like as a prodigy at the moment, so let's see how we see how we go. <laughs> big, big, pretty big shoes to fill, really. Literally, literally yeah, literally. literally. <laughs> but and, and also importantly, you do support Everton, which is also a, a real important thing for this show. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, from birth, so um, it hasn't been going so well. At the moment, but I think times start uh, showing a bit better now, don't they? So that's okay. Certainly are, yeah, certainly are. And you know, another weekend, Everton top of the league. There's so much to go through, and the, the only place to start this week's show is is the Merseyside derby. What a, an absolutely emotional roller coaster! I was knackered after watching the game. I was I was terrible yesterday, um, and after the game, I, I literally had to lie down for about three hours in the dark trying to get over what I saw on the pitch because it was just we, we went through went through everything didn't we yesterday came away with a two-all draw against obviously last season's champions and Tom I'm going to come to you first as as, as the guest 
where do we even start down that game? Because it was just full of everything, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, the, the first 10 minutes, you just thought, oh, here we go again. It's just same old, yeah. Another 10 years to wait for Ant for, uh, for a win. But as I say, I think, I think they done. I think they didn't do too badly in the first 10 minutes. I just thought they were right on to us. And I think that their goal sort of woke us up a little bit. And then we sort of tried to get get a foothold into it. But I think I think it, the, the goal was brilliant from me. The cross from James Rodriguez. Thought he's, that's what he's brought, hasn't he, to the, to the sides. Just a creative masterclass, really, yet again. I mean, he was a little bit off the pace, but I thought he was the difference, really. Mm. That that that's it. I mean, there's there's so much to go through. I mean, Hammers again. He, he, although you, you might might say he's probably quieter than other games, and there's there's numerous reasons for that. He, he's a leveler, isn't he? He's he's that he's got that quality where he levels it up in in those kind of games when you are playing a side of, of the quality of Liverpool. But well, leave if it comes to you, comes to you second. You know, we we are going to go through sort of each incidents at a, at a time, but. Like like Tom was saying here, that 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 first ten minutes was was absolutely crazy, wasn't it? Yeah, mate. Tom was bang on there. They absolutely started like a train, didn't they? And I did a couple of things there. A few of those mate, a few of their main guys were held back from the internationals, uh, and a few of our main guys, particularly the South American lads, only flew in the day before, didn't they? So you could tell, you know, big time difference. They didn't look at it at all. They probably, had, I think, Carlos said they had a brief, you know, uh, training session on the Friday. But you could tell they were just, you know, they looked absolutely shattered. Uh, certainly in the early exchanges, they, they were they were all over us. They were swarming all over us. Uh, but I thought we, you know, we rode that storm quite well after they scored. You know, we could have easily been two or three if we weren't uh, too careful. But uh, after that, we sort of settled into it, got a little bit of our rhythm, started getting hammers on the ball. He started making things happen. Uh, and then we sort of grew into the game after that. Um, obviously, we'll touch on, you know, all, all the incidents. But... You know, you could arguably say there for me that was our worst performance of the season, and we've come out, we've come out with a point. And then taking any bias out of it whatsoever, and I know Liverpool stats probably look a bit stronger, certainly in terms of shots. I'd probably say that's a point in terms of the really big chances. Probably a point that we deserved. And I thought mm. it would have been quite harsh on us to have conceded yet again in the final minute. You know, and we, as we've said on all previous co- podcasts, we just bloody love VAR, don't we? <laughs> we, we, we've, always, we've always been huge advocates for the use of technology and you know I'm sure we listen to a few of our old podcasts people will get that message um, but yeah I mean the VAR decisions were, were, were spectacular yesterday but, but Pete well you know when Manny scores inside three minutes you know we've touched on that there. I know I, I was feeling like like, like we said here we go again Tom mentioned there another 10 years without a win in the derby um, he looked dead fresh, Salah looked dead fresh and, and we thought this is going to be a long day, isn't it? Yeah, it, it felt a little bit like back to the old script, didn't it? I think for the first 10-15 uh, um, and I, I think like uh, Tom and Lee said, we really, we played them at completely the wrong time. They will have had a you know, a good arse kicking after that 7-2 against Villa. A lot of our key players uh, have had tough international games as well. I mean, don't forget that, you know, the, the South American lads, uh, Played in a, it was a two-two with um, with Chile, wasn't it? That was a tough game. Um, yeah, World Cup qualifier, wasn't it? <clears throat> yeah, so that you know they've not been strolling in a in a friendly like some of the the players that have been on on international duty. But I I, I mean I, I just think it showed such strength of character to come back twice against um, against a Liverpool team that were really on it. You know that played really fast-paced football. I think 
Uh, Michael Keane's interview I thought was really interesting when he said, you know, maybe in other games and other seasons, heads would have gone there, uh, you know, after after we went down and we could have conceded another one or two, but we didn't, you know, we stuck in it. And um, some of our attacking play I thought was brilliant. I think like Lee said, on chances created, some of the key chances, the Richarlison one that hit the post, uh, the one that crossed from Dean when uh, Rodriguez knocked it over to the left that Calvert-Lewin got a bit on. You know, so I th- easily could have won the game. And I think, you know, like uh, Ancelotti said, we could be disappointed not to have won, really. I think I think it's a real it's a real positive sign, isn't it? You know, we, we, we've come away now. We've we played five games in the league. I know we're sitting top. doesn't mean that much at the moment. But listen, we, we played two of the notorious Sky Six, one of them being the champions in Liverpool. Um, we've got 13 points. We're unbeaten. We're scoring goals for fun. Calvert-Lewin scored 10 and 7. To, to have the mentality, I think, yesterday to not fold, to come back twice in the game, to show we've got a little bit of metal and a bit more about us. Against, you know, the, whether we like them or not, they're a crack outfit, aren't they? You, you can see the way they play the game. You know, there's such a difficult side to play against. And, and Liverpool played some nice stuff in patches yesterday, of course. Mm. And like, like he said then, you know, Lee, it was probably... Our worst performance of the season, by for me, probably a country mile. Um, we've come away with it with a two-all draw. And I, I want to leave VAR alone just for a minute. And we're going to come back on and look over VAR separately if we can. Obviously, Liverpool have gone ahead. And you mentioned some, obviously, Hammers, like, you know, the corner, ball comes across. It's, it, every time he put, every time he, uh, we get a corner, someone put on, on Twitter, every time Everton get a corner and then the, the screen flashes and it just says goal because he just puts the ball on our players' heads every single time. And there's no player who's benefiting more from James Rodriguez delivery than Michael Keane, is it, Tom? Yeah, I think I think just on Michael Keane, I thought he's been sensational this season. I mean, a completely different player than what we first bought from Burnley. I thought his passing's become far much better. I think he, he's, he's oozing confidence really at the back, which he hasn't really done or shown last season. I thought... He out the two of them really. I thought he was the one who could be got at mentally. Certain times he's made mistakes and he's just completely gone at the game. But I think Ancelotti sort of brought this sort of confidence about the team now. And listen, we've seen in past experience where once Everton go behind, there's it's just no fight and they've showed nothing. We just roll over and show our bellies really. But no, I think this team's completely different this season. I think we've we've been behind. We went behind against West Brom. We've done exactly the same. We come back into it. We show fight and we show that we wanted to be in the game. And I think, well, I think going forward, I think Hamez is brilliant going forward. I just think sometimes we're a little bit susceptible to defensively. I mean, Coleman was getting a little bit run ragged, weren't he, on the right hand side in the first half, and in the, obviously in the end he pulled his hamstring and shame about that, but. This is what I'm saying. I, I thought I thought it's just little things like that. You start noticing where you hopefully Ancelotti can sort of mix it round a little bit and sort of bring someone on or someone into the fold, maybe like an Awobi or Bernard, just to give some legs in these big games and sort mm-hmm. of bring Hammers in inside where you can give him sort of this free roll. Because once he's got that free roll and once he turns. That is is that his vision of the picture in front of him is just brilliant. I mean, the first, the I think it was, I think it was the first half, and Richarlison was wide open, 
I just oh, I couldn't believe he just couldn't get it there. But I think that was a bit more tiredness. Yeah, I think I, th- yeah, I, think, yeah, right. I think that was sorry, mate. I think that wasn't that. Um, yeah, Alexander Arnold was well out of position there. Yeah, he? yeah. He, he, he was, just overhit it by about two yards, didn't he? Yeah, he was just he sort of side footed it with his left foot. We I think he could have went with his outside of the foot kind of pass really, and it had probably caved into the Charleston's path. Mm. But it's just little things like that you start to notice. I thought our midfields were just trying to take too much time on the ball. Thought Alan Decore was just getting caught from the pressure a little bit too quickly, and it sort of got on. But no, I thought as the t- as time went on, I thought Alan Alan done very well. Decore, yeah, I mean, ugh, I don't know. It's Decore. I thought I think his work rate's very good. I mean, it's just sometimes his passing's very sloppy, isn't it? Mm. We we've seen that I've me a couple of times. I think since the the start of the season, Decore his energy's great, and and he'll, he'll work for you all day and. And you looked at about him, but there was a few times, especially in that first half, where he was he was making simple passes look difficult and giving the ball away, and and that's you know, obviously against the better side, you, you, you can't afford to do that. Uh, but like you said, as the game went on, him and Alan, I think both grew into the game. We we mentioned obviously before we, we recorded this today about Andre Gomez, and I think it's important to bring him up because he, he seems to struggle yesterday. Um, he struggled in, in a few patches in games this season, but he struggled yesterday. Massively fair staff and looked looked off the pace. Obviously, he had a bit of a knock, um, so we you know that was going into the international break. He was he had a had a bit of an injury, so we'd seen we'd seen Sigerson coming for him already, um, and there was a lot of calls on social media for Sigerson to come on at half time, and in the end, he did do fit for Gomez. But if if it, if it comes to you, Pete, what what are your thoughts on on Andre at the moment? Because we were saying again about me. I've got a bit of loyalty to Gomez because of, uh, I've got a bit of an infatuation with him uh, <laughs> due to an intimate moment um, in, the, in the tunnel against Crystal Palace last season. But, you know, if, that if that we, if sounds we so out, dodgy, that. <laughs> it doesn't, it's just that. Hey, I was I there. Mean, he had a lovely leather jacket on. I don't know. And, and the smell of him was sensational. But we can't, you know, we can't let that clown be good. But he, 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 he doesn't. He was massively off the pace first half, wasn't he? Yes, he didn't look great at all, to be honest. No, he, he struggled and it, it showed, didn't it? And I, I think um, Gilfie was unlucky for me to miss out on a starting place, uh, given how well he's played when he has come into the team. And also he had under the blinder, didn't he, um, when he played for Iceland. I think I think with Gomez, I think I'm I'm like you all, bit for different reasons, Mike. I'm a I'm a big fan of Andre Gomez for his footballing ability because <laughs> you know when I've been in the game and I've watched him play, there's an unbelievable player there. You know when he's on, um, you know he can see passes other people can't. He's strong. He's got you know the right amount of aggression for a midfielder. He can carry it. Um, you know he had that unbelievable season, didn't he, at, at, at Valencia before he signed for for Barcelona, and I think they paid. Was it something daft? 70, 75 million for him? Um, I'm not sure it was high as that, but they paid quite a substantial It was fee. a ridiculous fee. Or if they didn't pay that, I'm sure that uh, I'm sure that was his buyout clause. I think it could be right, right with his buyout clause. Yeah, yeah. Thirty five million euros it was. So it was twenty million plus add-ons. But like you said, he had he had a crazy buyout clause in his contract. And I think I think if, if I remember right, with, with Gomez, it was also um, some kind of clause in there about whether he money going to Valencia if he won the Ballon d'Or. Yeah, that's, so that's right, how yeah. hard he thought when when he uh, and by Barca. So, so you're right, Pete. We're talking big money because 
there's definitely a talented player there. But he had that terrible injury, didn't he? And it, I mean, I know that was um, what almost this time last, well, almost twelve months ago, wasn't it? Was it uh, December, January? When do we play Spurs? Against Spurs, wasn't it? So no, no, November, November. Yeah. I think off the top of the head. Oh, there we go then. Yeah. Um, so you know, it's hard to know how much that will have a, you know, an impact on the way he's playing at the moment and his, you know, his confidence and his recovery, but. I think he'll work it out. I think there's an amazing player there. Um, and it's clear Ancelotti believes in him. I mean, you remember his comments after, after he came back from injury mm-hmm. last season. I think it was the Arsenal game when Ancelotti said he'd be playing next week. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah, Carlo, yeah. Carlo, Carlo really likes him, I think. Um, I think with Andre, I think um, I agree with you, Pete. I think there is a player there. Uh, I thought, I, I've got to give credit, you know, as much as we hate to say it, Liverpool really pressed us very well. As much as they didn't against Villa, and obviously Villa took advantage of that high line, their front, their front, their front three were at it uh, from the get-go, uh, from the kick-off of the day. At one point, if you watch it, there's six of them in our half, all pressing our midfield, and every time they got it, that's why Allen and Decor, I think, struggled certainly at the start to get used to it. They didn't have time on the ball. And if you look at, you know, compare that, you know, complete polar opposite of when we played Spurs, and we had, the, you know, all the time in the world to knock it about in midfield. Um, and Liverpool were all over us. Uh, obviously, the pace dropped off a little bit after that, um, and then kicked in again second half after they'd added their inhalers at half time on it. But, um, <laughs> but um, no, but generally speaking, I thought you know they they really pressed us pretty well. To be fair, they really did. And then I, I think Gomez more than anybody looked a, looked a little bit off it. His passing range wasn't quite normally there because he is good off either foot, Andre. You know, he is comfortable off either foot. And um, the only player that really managed to sort of avoid that sort of press because his first touch is so good is Hamez, really. You know, but even he, a couple of times, uncharacteristically, uh, had a couple of heavy touches, didn't he? And like you said, Tom, overhit that one to Richarlison. I mean, you, you, put, your, you put your mortgage on that, him finding him there. Um, so, yeah, so look, you've got to give credit to the opposition as well. I think they really started quick. We found our rhythm. At, um, and then that goal was pivotal, wasn't it, mate? That goal was absolutely pivotal to... Uh, to get us back in the game and also just get our confidence levels back, wasn't it? It was, it was great to see though as well. I mean, going one nil down, I didn't, I didn't sit, I didn't sit there and panic. I think you know as much as we say, oh, we, you know, it's is Everton all over again. The derby, you know, we haven't got the mentality to to pay these back here. I always thought again, whether it's because we we've got a player like like Hamez. And, and Dominic Cavalier, he, he's just taking his chances every single time. Now the ball's coming to him, especially in the air, like we saw yesterday. Un- unbelievable. Um, I always thought that we're, we're in this game and we, we got back in it fairly quickly, which, which, which was great for us. Um, Michael Keane, I mean, fantastic ball, great header. I mean, people criticise Jordan Pickford for, you know, not, not, saving, not saving certain shots, but... And Jan didn't paint uh, himself in any kind of glory there for me. You know, it, it was it wasn't wasn't great goalkeeping, but you know, good header, great ball from Hammers. And, and to be fair, we, we, we got into the game more as as the half as the half went on. Um, I think sort of going into the second half, and again we're going to do VAR separately because so much went on. There's there's quite a bit to cover there. So you know, jumping jumping forward to the to the second half, I was so disappointed in terms of the the second goal. You know. It was such a poor clearance from Yagi Mean. I don't know what it what he was he was trying to do with it. The little flick out. It was just nothing. It was a nothing clearance, wasn't Scale it? You know? boy. Lines. Yeah, it's it's so poor. And we we've seen Mina and credit where it's due. You know, I think so, some games he's he's looked really strong. I think Palace he looked really strong after a couple of rugby games. Um 
I thought I thought Brighton, you know, again, he, he, he was okay in that game. And he, he just frustrates me, meaning because he, he is a decent centre-half, but he's got a little bit of the Funes Mori about him for me. You know, and, and that, that frustrates me a little bit. And that showed it yesterday. Great finish, by the way. You know you know what Salah's all about. And if they're, they're going to fall to anyone there, you don't want to be Mo Salah because, you know, he, he just sticks it away. Very, very good finish. But again, you know, let's not dwell on that. And, and Everton didn't. We go down, you know, 81st minute. Great ball from Hamas down the line to, to Luca Dean. And Luca Dean, we've said this on, on previous podcasts over the last few weeks, isn't getting the plaudits. But for me, he's, he's, had a, he's had a great start of the season. And what a ball that is. What a ball yeah. to, to, to Calvert-Lewin. And there's no one else that's Tom that you want on the spot there than, uh, than Calvert-Lewin. He, he's, I, I put an image on yesterday of comparing him to Michael Jordan. That famous picture of Michael Jordan when he's uh, he's doing his slam dunk because the 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 hang time in the air that Calvert Lewin gets it's like a basketball player and he just yeah. he seems to hang in the air. It must it must be he must be jumping around about five six feet at times. He, he must be, but again, tenth goal tenth goal of the season and what a header it was, Tom. Yeah, yeah, I thought I thought he was he took it brilliantly. I mean, I think Klopp come out in an interview and it. Uh, he said the uh, he had the Everton bench go. Oh, that's it. That's done. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah. so he, he just knew. I mean, he, he was. I think he was going up against Robertson, didn't he? So, I mean, once you seen that match up, match up, it was it was game set match really. And I thought I thought Lucas Dean's been brilliant. I mean, even last year, I thought I thought he played well, but at times he, he, he sort of was inconsistent, wasn't he? I thought it personally. I mean, he did play every single game last year. Mm. Like come rain or shine, didn't he? And I thought he was carrying some niggling injuries, and in a side where he just couldn't create anything. But yet this season, I thought he's been brilliant. I mean, he is probably one of the best left backs in the uh, the Premier League at this moment in time. And um, yeah, I thought he was brilliant. Just just going back there quick on him on Gomez because just just on sort sort of things where system wise and all that. Just to just to use what what do you think he brings to the team? Like, well, what do you think his profile or his sort of role in the side is or what Ancelotti gives him? Right. I'll, I'll, I'll go in. Yeah, no, I'll go in first. No, no problem. I, I don't think he can give Gomez defensive responsibility. I don't, I, we've said that already. I don't think an attack is particularly good. I think I think last season, um, at the start of the season, he was looking that, that much stronger. I think he holds players off quite well. I think he can carry the ball quite well. Um, and I think, like like Lee said, I think when he's on his game, I think his passing is very good. But we but we aren't seeing it. We're not seeing that of Andre Gomez enough. I think he should be further up. I, th- I think he should be um, dictate play a little bit further forward. You know, we can sc- he can score goals, but he, but for us, he's not. He scored that one goal against against Wolves, hasn't he? You know, he's he scored one goals, uh, one goal all the time he's been here. But I think as as an attacking player, that that's that's his role, and he can offer more. In the final third, and I think he's doing at the moment. But defensively, no, he, he needs he needs no defensive responsibility. What 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 do you think, Lee? I think um, Pete touched on it before. Um, Carlo, Carlo, when Carlo, Carlo came, Carlo came into that team, and then literally took one look at that midfield. I think instantly you thought, yeah, this midfield needs work. You know what I mean? Uh, Gomez came back from injury. And I think he would have looked up one look at Gomez in that in that first second training session and said, right, this lad's streaks ahead of what we've got now. 
Uh, and then threw him straight in the team, didn't he? Threw him straight in. He wasn't he didn't even come off the bench after that injury, threw him straight in. And like mm-hmm. Pete said, he came out and said, Yeah, he'll be playing next week. I think he had that uh he came on as in, in the cameo as well against Arsenal, didn't he? And just like, you know, completely ran the game as well in, in that in that second match. So I think I think Carlo rates him. In terms of your ask your question, Tom, in terms of how he wants him to play, I think yeah. he wants Alan sitting. Yeah. In that sort of pivot role. And he wants Decore, your sort of box to box guy, almost covering Alan. Sometimes yeah. covering out, like you said, the lack of the fact that Hammers drifts, almost helping out the right back. Yeah. I think he sees Andre as almost being that guy that just sort of, almost not necessarily a free role, but, you know, sort of a guy that's sort of the, ahead of those other two in midfield, basically. And he's probably being tasked with, look, Andre, I want you to get on the ball. I want you switching play. I want you having shots and I want you trying to slide people in. And at the moment, um, he's shown glimpses of it. And if you're going to hold something against him, he doesn't get enough goals and he doesn't get enough assists. But I think Carlo looks at him now in this role. Now we've now he's got defensive cover in midfield because he knows he probably knows full well like all of us do that. Oh, that's not Andre's game. I think he can maybe get the Andre that uh, came through at Valencia by doing that. I think that's what he sees in him. Um, and you know, for me, Sigurdsson's really pushing him in the side at the minute. Like 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 Pete said again before, he's done well for Iceland. He scored goals when he's coming to the side in the cup. But that's a nice problem to have, isn't it? That's a nice problem to have. As, as a coach, you want somebody going, right, this guy's really knocking on the door here. Don't be surprised now, potentially, if, if Sigurdsson comes in. You know what I mean? He might not come, and you know, he might have earned his spot by doing that. But that's what you want as a team. You know, you want literally players pushing the other player for that shirt. And we haven't had that, certainly in the midfield positions for a long time. You know what I mean? Um, so, in answer to your question, I think that's the way Carlo sees him. I think he sees him as sort of more of attacking of those three others there in midfield. He could switch up. Like you said, he could bring Hammers into that position and then obviously maybe play, um, play one of the, like a Wobie off the right or something like that. You know what I mean? So we'll yeah. wait. But I think, I think Carlo really rates him personally. Yeah, I mean, for me, I think he's got a terrible lot of habit of sort of sitting on the defensive line's feet where he just seems to drop back, drop back. And for me, like, like he's have mentioned, that he's after this advanced player that sort of can take us up the pitcher. I think at times he can he hasn't got that pace to go past someone. I don't think he's ever showed that that he's got that. I mean he's good at sort of shielding the ball and sort of keeping hold of possession, but at times I don't even think he's showed that recently. I think um, defensively, I think he's poor. I think he's very easily passed around. I think you can go I think it showed against Henderson. You put legs around him and he won't get anywhere near them. I think um, I think his confidence-wise with his passing is just completely being shot. I don't know what's gone on with that. I thought when he did come, that was his main sort of X-factor kind of thing. We've seen, we've seen it when he come on against Arsenal. I know everyone brings that one up, but it's the only really one that sort of showed his talents, if that makes sense. I mean... You've got the derby as well, haven't you? You know, the game at Anfield where he pretty I was just going to jump in and, yeah. and say that. For, you know, he ran... He ran that game um, when the first he 60, 70 minutes. Yeah. He, thought, he, he, really, really stood, he stood out a mile, um, you know, I think for both sets of midfield uh, and they couldn't cope with him. So I think for me, it's a mentality issue, I think, for, for Gomez. And it's hard to know how much the, you know, the injury suffered features into that and how much, you know, other things does. I mean, don't forget Marco Silva brought him in and he had a great connection with Marco Silva. Um, who's now left the club. I'm not suge- suggesting for a minute he's got some kind of rift with Ancelotti, but surely that's going to have a factor as well. You know, the manager's changed, the system's changed. 
Um, you know, he, he had a career-threatening injury. I, I definitely think there's a player there. I mean, whether, whether he's able to reach his potential at Everton is a different, um, a different thing, isn't it? But I, uh, yeah, I'm hopeful when it comes to Gomez. I mean, I mean, you could, for me, you could sort of play him in that deeper role where if you're going to go up against these, the likes of these teams like West Brom and things like that, where you're not going to get sort of, you can give them less, tire, less defensive sort of duties where you want them to come, to come and dictate play, but. I don't know. I, I I don't really want to bash him and all things like that. But there just hasn't really been anything that convinced me that he deserves his place or he's actually what Everton need. I mean, I know it's I know someone to bring up, right? But Ross Barkley, when he's gone to Aston Villa and that sort of profile, I think personally is perfect for what Everton need. I well, mean, ball carrying. Ball yeah, carrying. just a ball ball carrying midfielder who can sort of drag us up the pitch. I mean. At times, Gomez got the ball and he's meant to be the, the more advanced player and he just kept cutting back and it, it just it, it sort of brought the pressure onto us. They could sort of get reshaped and we could never really counter-attack them. The only time we really did it was when we found uh, Hammers and he was playing balls dead quickly through to uh, Richarlison and Calvert-Lewin. And I thought, I thought we had, I thought for probably a good 90 minutes of that game, well, since he, sorry, when he come off, I thought we were carrying him. I thought we were absolutely carrying him. And I think, I think sometimes, how, how long do you give someone? I know you are saying, we can we get this player back from Valencia? But that player hasn't been back, hasn't been there for years now. So at one point, you start looking at going, well, he can't do it for us. I mean, we're trying to be the best team in in the Premier League, aren't we? That's that's the goal. How, how long do you carry these players? How long do you sort of give them? It's for me, it's a bit of a, a ruthless thing to say. But at what point do you just say he he is not doing it for us? I think. I think for where? Sorry, mate. Go on. Sorry, no. Just going to say, I think. I think out of sort of everyone at the moment, I think Gomez is is potentially sort of not not on the chopping block, so to speak. But he's one who you could see. You said then Sigurdsson's potentially now in the right to start. The Premier League game. Uh, I know we started in place of Gomez the other week, but that was through injury. But I think he's potentially now got the right to, to come in. And maybe that's something that, that Gomez needs. Maybe he needs to feel that he is getting pushed now and there are players who are waiting to come in uh, and, and take his place. And maybe, you know, we said it, you know, all the way through, the competition in, in the squad now, in the majority of areas, is, is quite fierce. And that should push everyone along to, to up their game. We've seen it all over the pitch. We, we, we mentioned, obviously, Michael Keane. He's been very good. Coleman, I think, has had, had an excellent season so far. Yeah. Um, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, Rich Allison. You know, th- those kinds of players. Well, you know, we, we do, do we need to see more from Gomez? I think we do, of course we do. Um, you know, we, we mentioned that player that we saw at Valencia. Like you say, Tom, we've not seen that player and he's not been there for a while. I do think a lot of factors have, have played into that. But as, as he got to up his game, yeah. Of course he has, and if he doesn't, then don't be surprised. Even at the weekend against Southampton, don't be surprised if Carl did make a couple of changes. Obviously, a couple are going to be in four, or he, he might take him out of the out of the side potentially. So um, I, I don't I don't think he's been disastrous. I think yeah, I think he had a, a tough game at the weekend. I think we weren't at it as a team. I don't think, like I said, it, you know, we we if we like if we'd have played that game before the internationals, I think we'd have had him. I personally do, and that's not just the fact that they lost seven two. They've had time to regroup, 
they've had an absolute pasting. Obviously, Klopp's you know famously sent this WhatsApp message out to everybody who was out on duty. They really had a point to prove in that game, uh, and like some of their players, like Mane and things like that, you know, they've been training uh, pretty much for two weeks without playing a game. So they were really at it. So it was a combination of that. I think the only two players you could point your finger at that had a, had a difficult game were Mina and Gomez in that match, really. Yeah. Um, you know, I thought, um, I wanted to make a point, actually, while we're still talking about it, is, is I thought Ben Godfrey did very well when he came on. Obviously, difficult circumstances to come into that game. Obviously, albeit, you know, Merseyside Derby, no crowd, still a lot of pressure. He's playing out of position. I know he has played right back, but he's a centre-half, isn't he? That's, that, you know, that's what, he's in the, what we've bought him for, but he has got versatility. Um, and up against Mane, who's you know arguably one of the best left-sided players in Europe, not just in the Premier League, um, I thought he, I thought he acquitted himself really, really well. You can see his pace, can't you? He's, he's aggressive, likes yeah. to get his foot in. You know, he had that uh, decent little run down the right as well, didn't he? Before playing it into Richarlison as well. So I think um, I was quite, you know, that's quite a promising debut that for me. You know, if Coleman's going to be out now for a few weeks, you know, he, he looks like he potentially could slot in there. And we were worried about that right back slot. Uh, when we be uh, while the window was open. Yeah, yeah I mean, I um, sorry, go on, Mike. No, go on, go on Mike. No, um, well, I just just on Godfrey, I thought someone made a cracking point on Twitter and said it was yeah. like um, like Lescott, seeing sort of that tight when Lescott first come into the side and he went left back, didn't he? And he wasn't really, he's not really a left back, but I thought he really sort of adapted well to the game as well. I mean, it's sink or swim, really, in coming into a derby, that, that sort of hostility. So, yeah, I thought he was very good. Um, sometimes he got, got caught out, but you, you'd expect that when you're, you're not really accustomed to the um, position. But, no, I think going forwards, I think he's going to be a really a really mm. smart uh, asset to us. He's quick, isn't he? Very quick. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know I mean... It, it's a, he's, a, he's a ball carrier. Always, he's very, he's very um, with his nice with his feet. I mean, there's not a lot of centre half that can do that. I mean, I don't, I don't really think we've got one. I mean, you could probably say Holgate to a certain point, but I think Holgate's better at finding the pass in the final third than actually going with pace at someone. I mean, the lad run about 20, 30 yards without getting tackled. So he, he has shown that, and I think as well. It's going to be better for us going forward because I feel like Ancelotti will start then playing more of a higher line where at the moment we can't really play that with Keane and Mina because mm. we, we just haven't got the pace for it. So I think you'll start seeing that more and more. I mean, if Mina carries on the way he is, he's blowing hot and cold. I think he's the one out the two that will be getting sort of sideline for Godfrey. And then you've got Holgate. I mean, Holgate could go play right back for us. You could see that happening. Yeah, potentially, isn't it? Mike, did you want to mention about uh, that cracking tackle by Pickford as well? <laughs> well, we'll, we'll, we'll come on to VAR in a second, but just, you know, I'm saving all that up because I've, I've got so many points on that. And, uh, you know, tw- Twitter Twitter was alive and, and it's still alive now, um, as, as you can imagine. All, all the guys are still crying about the, about the game. But anyway, but I think I think, I think the comparison of, of, of Godfrey and Lescott is a great comparison. I, I love Julian Lescott. I think Lescott was so underrated for Everton. I know he, he was a bit, he was a goal scorer in centre half, wasn't he? But he, he was he adapted so well to playing left back when he first came in. I thought Lescott was it was it was a great centre half for us. And, and Godfrey for all, all the attributes. He, he's not he's not huge by the way, but he's he's think he's just over six foot. Um, so if he, yeah, he plays right back, he's, yeah, he's a bit a, more of a, a tight yeah. I think he's I think he's I mean he's he's registered on like white scouting that a six foot. I was. 
I was quite surprised when they said that because he, he is quite big, like he's wide framed, isn't he? He's Broad, quite, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I was quite shocked because I mean, I think Colgate's six foot, and and to compare the both of them, they just look completely different, don't they? Yeah, Colgate hasn't got the the build of someone who's six foot. I mean, he's he still yeah. a bit, I think, hasn't he? In the last sort of twelve months or so. But God, Godfrey's well set as as they say in terms of his his build. He's quite broad, and and the, the kid, you know, he's only 20, 22 years of age, so he's got a bit more growing to do as well. So he, he's going to be, I think, a, a really shrewd shrewd purchase from the club, to be honest. And it was great to see him come on yesterday, and and like you say, a few a few difficult moments, but. You know, I thought I thought he acquitted himself really well, and and he looks looks really good for 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 this season. But you know, let's 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 move let's move forward to the uh, so obviously the game the game finishes two all, not the whole story. Um, it was it was unbelievable in terms of the the refereeing, the VAR side of things, red cards. There wasn't red cards yet. Bookings it, it went off big star, didn't it? And and not more so than um, early on was it was it the eleventh minute when when Van Dyke went off injured and it all all went all was down to this this Jordan Pickford tackle. Now looking at it back, the Pickford was was in two minds whether to come first of all. You sort of watch him go and then go back and you know we we know what Pickford's been like over the last couple of seasons in terms of being indecisive and decision making. Now from it, I'm I'm going to stick up for Pickford a little bit here, um, which might surprise some people. I think if you if you look at it back, and I think it was that soft soft lad Piers Morgan, um, of all people, said that apparently he should have been arrested for the assault. If that was on the streets, he would have would have been arrested apparently because you, I see people all the time round. I was knocking around in a full on neon green goalkeeper kit, shinies and goalkeeper gloves, doing a Jordan Pickford on the mates, you know. So I think I think if you look at it for, as a goalkeeper. He spread is what he does. He spread himself. So the, he starts. I can't catch it. I went. I came back. As it comes over, I've seen Van Dyke. I've spread myself like like a bit of a Tim Howard starfish in a way. And it's unfortunate, you know. He he's landed in the worst position in terms of where Van Dyke's leg is. He's caught his leg. Obviously, it's it's hyperextended, and and he's gone off. And and it's been obviously been confirmed now. He's got his face in. Uh, seven, eight months on the sidelines having surgery, etc. Which unfortunate. And I'm not going to sit here and, and take any kind of pleasure in, in Virgil van Dijk, you know, being out for seven to eight months because, you know, any player gets injured as a footballer for long term, it's rough for them. You don't want to see it, you know, not ideal. But for for those people who were, who were sitting there saying he meant it, you know, it was premeditated, it was a shocking tackle, it was this, it was that. You, listen, it wasn't. It wasn't premeditated. He's not, as done for me, he's not meant to do it. It's a goalkeeping position that he's taken up and he's spread himself. Pete, what do you think about that? Well, I completely agree with you. How, how would it be premeditated? He, he would give mm. away a penalty. It's absolutely, absolutely yeah. bizarre. And, so, you know, some of the jarg stuff that's getting thrown about on Twitter about uh, Liverpool are going to get, what, solicitors involved to sue Everton and all... It's yeah. absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. And you think these are from blag accounts, but they're not. They're from real human beings that have taken the time to write this stuff and put it on the internet. It's ridiculous. I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't even going to win the ball, was he? Like you say, he spread himself. You know, the ball's coming at pace. It's awkward. Van Dijk's ran in. It's unfortunate. You know, that's all it is. And it was offside as well. You know, mm. I... And again, I, I can understand from a football fan's point of view, you know, people might be frustrated that it's down to millimetres or fine margins, but that's the rule. 
Mm. You know, so it's not incorrect. So all of this, all you know that, that you know that's that's in line, and how can that not be offside? It's offside. It's measured by a computer program. That's the rule. If you don't like the rule, ask for the rule to be changed and for it to go back to be daylight, or it have to be a part of the body that you can clearly score with. But that's mm. the rule. So stop whinging. Tom, <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so what do you think about, about the, the Pickford the Pickford situation? I mean, I'm not. I'm, yeah. I can't sit here and say that if he, if he was sent off, I would sort of get why he was sent off. I'm not even sitting here saying if he want if he wants to send them off, then okay, you know, I'm, I'm going to moan about it. But was was it as clear cut as that? You know, it's been made this massive thing for me because it's Liverpool and it's Van Dijk. I think so. If if, yeah. if that's someone else, now, now we can go back down the line of Deonze Gomez, Inzi and Son. And the, the media stance on that was Son's not that kind of guy. So we all feel sorry for him. His red card got turned into a yellow card, etc., etc. No thought for Andre Gomez, the injured party. Virgil van Dijk is out for seven to eight months. He's done his knee ligaments. He's facing surgery. Jordan Pickford should be on trial for, for assault. He should be locked there's, there's petitions going there's um, the silent protesters where people can socially distance getting arranged and it's just gone absolutely crazy but are we thinking is this to do with a media agenda yet again because it's Liverpool Football Club well, it's, I mean it's just headlines isn't it really that, that, that's just all it is and what who, who sell headlines and it's just these I see I don't even call them big clubs no more I just call them popular clubs and they're just popular, aren't they? they? They get clicks, and that's just really that gets a lot of clicks for Sky Sports now, doesn't it? And listen, if I mean, you, you can't really condone what he's done. I mean, I, I think it's just sums Pickford up, doesn't it? Like just erratic. That's just Pickford in a nutshell. What he does, he's in two minds. He comes, he goes, and then he goes. And unfortunately, he's gone too late, and he's just clattered him. I mean. I suppose, yeah, I mean, the whole premeditated thing's nonsense because I don't think anyone, any player goes on the pitch going, right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break his leg or I'm going to ruin his career or anything. I think that's nonsense. I think this whole petition thing, I mean, that, that's just embarrassing, really. I mean, how can you, how can you petition something when the actual uh, referee assistant didn't even... Think it was nothing. He thought it was. He, he's even come out then, hasn't it? It's been said on the Athletic that Dave said he thought, "Oh no, he was he was too busy worrying about getting his lines tight on the um, on the offside." So it it's it's just it's just what keepers do, really. I mean, I know you've got to be a. I mean, if you go biased and you look at it from an Everton point of view, and imagine if you if you say that was Adriano Michael Keane, would it be this big? No, not really, and 100% I don't think it would be. Yeah, I just thought it was made out to be... I mean, at the moment, uh, Pickford's just headlines, isn't he? Uh, England number one. It's all the pressure on him, and I'll be honest with you, I thought he had a very good game. Apart from he got got away with the uh, Henderson Henderson save at the end, I thought that, that saved him, but... Listen, it's just it's it's what it's what Liverpool do, doesn't it? And what Liverpool fans are about, really. It's it's like a kid who loses, who's brought his ball to the park, and goes right. I'm not, I'm not uh, until I win, until I score, I'm that's it, and I'm going home then if I don't. So that that just sums them up. I mean, I tweeted about saying if imagine they got that proposal through, you know, yeah. 
yeah. think everything over time, wouldn't he? So, I mean, yeah. I've seen something on Twitter. I don't know whether it, I, I hope it's not true. Where they want they want the two points from it. I mean, what yeah. what are you <laughs> talking about? I don't know. But it's what, gotta be. Fake. I mean, I mean, I mean we, we've. How many times we've discussed this so many times on the podcast? I mean, we laugh about VAR and etc. We have obviously a bit of a laugh at the start about how much we, we endorse it, which which we don't. We don't think it's it's a great it's a great system. Look at last season, the points that we lost because of incorrect VAR decisions, um, incorrect refereeing decisions. Unfortunately, it's part of the game. And like you say, if if this proposal that they've got, you know, that, that's that goes through. And ju- just for arguments, you know, they start then giving points back to teams and things like that. We're we owed about twenty five points on last season, so we we probably would have finished top four quite quite comfortably. So let's let's not start going down that road. But it was just comical. What I mean, what, what are your thoughts, Lee, on on, on Pickford? Because like Tom said, he made a couple of exceptional saves. That header, second half, by the way, it was a great save. And that's that's Jordan Pickford. You know, as a shot stopper, generally he's very very good. He's athletic. The one, the free kick in the first half was at Alexander Arnold, where he shifted it, so it's changed the angle a bit. He's unsighted. Another great save. He had generally a decent game, but like, like again, like like Tom said, you know, Pete said, because Jordan Pickford, England number one, he's in the headlines quite often. Anyway, a lot of pressure that he's under. Um, is England place potentially in jeopardy? It's been made a bigger thing than really it should be, hasn't it? Yeah, hundred percent, mate. I mean, um, that game, ninety minutes, that game was Jordan Pickford's Everton career in a nutshell, wasn't it? He showed moments <laughs> of absolute world class goalkeeping, and then moments of absolute calamity as well. Um, and to be fair, if that goal had been given at the end, you can point the finger at him. He was at fault for it. He should have saved it. Should have kept it out. Uh, in the end, obviously, uh, thank God it it didn't count. Um, and even just for the video from Redmen TV alone, which were absolute genius, wasn't it? Um, but um, no, but going back to Pickford, I think I don't think it was a red, and I'm, and I'm not trying to be biased here. I heard Andy Gray speaking about it again. I know yeah. also a fellow blue, but he, he came out and said, "Look, you know, like everyone kept on saying, oh yeah, if that, if that was in on the halfway line, it was an outfield play.' Yeah, but no, hold on, keepers are different. You know, keepers are different. Keepers come out; their job is to make themselves bigger. Now, the only thing you could probably point the finger at him is that he's led with his feet. Yeah, I mean, mm. but Schmeichel used to make those saves all the time, didn't he? he used to come flying out, arms everywhere, like, just to basically smother, smother the attacker. And that's his job, you know, because if, if, if Van Dyke, let's just say the opposite would have happened, Van Dyke would have took a touch and slotted it in the near post. You mean screaming at your keeper going, why have you not come out there to close that angle down? Mm. So he's come flying out. And then, like you said, mate, it's, it's just awkward. Like, he's just, he just, he just caught his, his legs planted, it's straight, and he's caught him. It looks a lot worse than it does. But these things always look 10 times worse when you slow it down and everything else anyway. So, for me, you know, even if, let's say, it was onside, um, you probably could have given a penalty, but I don't think you could have sent him off. You would have given a penalty, but you wouldn't have sent him off. It'd have been, I think it would have been a yellow um, for me because he's come out. It just, look, it just looked a lot worse. Um, but, you know, look, it didn't, it didn't get given, and, and he did make... I mean, that save from Matip was an absolute world-class save. Like, he's clawed that mm-hmm. out. He's not just got a hand on it. He's pushed it out as well, hasn't he? Almost clawed yeah. it from behind the yeah, lines. Um, um, there were a few moments I did want to pick up on as well with him that um, it was a clear tactic from Ancelotti that he was trying to. I thought Calvert Lewin was a little bit isolated in the first half. We weren't playing through midfield because we were getting pressed. And we went a bit long a bit too soon. And Jordan was a bit guilty of that a few times where he was launching mm-hmm. it over over everyone straight straight to the opposite end of the end of the pitch. When he, and 
I don't know whether you guys picked up on it, but a few times Hamez was just literally just like calm down, like calm down here, you know, stop launching these balls and just relinquishing uh, possession straight away because it was just coming straight back at us at that point. And we couldn't really get Calvert-Lewin into the game, could we? Uh, and a lot of that was because of him, you know, being a little bit erratic with his kicking. But, um, but overall, yeah, you know, I, I'd agree with you, Tom. I thought I thought he had yeah. a half decent game. Um, and you know, we've brought this keeper in now. Yeah, we'd like to have got um, obviously the Argentine from United, but um, we've brought this Swedish guy in now. Let's hope he can really sort of you know raise his levels now because he's got someone other other than the hologram to come in and take his position, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, I think you make a good point early on his um, on his distribution. I think, I think he's he has been good in past past seasons, but the the derby. I mean, you you notice that Calvert Lewin's taking up positions on to uh, Robertson, and then he was switching over to um, Alexander Arnold, and he just weren't hitting him. He was just hitting it straight down centre. And you could see it, it, it made Calvert Lewin look daft really because he was running about 10 yards and make time a leap forward anyway. And, and nothing was really sticking up front anyway. That, that, that's me one issue with Dom that I'd like him to start getting a little bit better at. It's just sort of protecting the ball a bit better, just taking pressure off us at some point. Because in some cases, yeah, I mean, his kicking is has been poor pick for, but I think it just doesn't stick up top sometimes. It was just kept coming back, didn't it? And just kept coming. and Sometimes you thought someone has just got to get all this and just take take a take a breather up top, really take it from the defence where sort of go into the corner, maybe just take time to just sort of hold us off. But yeah, apart from that, yeah, I thought I thought people would have had a good game, yeah. I mean, like like you say, you got you got away with one at the end, which we'll come on to shortly, but you'll be trying to also deal with it in in a in chronological order. We we've then. We've we've seen obviously the incident with with Van Dijk etc. The game runs on, um, and then we see be, before the the Charleston red card. And I'm going to pick up on this because for me, yet again, it, it is the media agenda. Yet again, massively they didn't even cover it. I don't even think the the they showed a proper replay on BT, uh, which obviously was the channel that, that that it was on, but. Andrew Robertson, who's got a chip on his shoulder for what well, he, he does it every single game for me. He's a little angry all the time and and, and thinks thinks obviously I mean Liverpool fans love him because he's, he's an arsehole basically. But when when he kicks out at Allen, clearly off the ball, clearly it's a red card, and then feigns injury to himself. So the referee then his attention is diverted from dealing with the incident. Okay. That for me is another shining example of where VAR got it wrong and the referee got it wrong. So you want to start picking holes in the whole thing. You know, when Liverpool fans are doing, say, petitions and what have you about it, be thinking, looking for retrospective bans for Jordan Pickford and Jim Beglin's off on one on Twitter now about a retrospective ban. Um, why why then wasn't wasn't Robertson sent off? Can can someone answer that question for me, Pete? Any, any idea why he was treated any differently to, to Everton? Yeah, easily. He was wearing a red shirt. Simple as. It's as simple, it's as, simple as that. It's as simple. It is for, for for me, you know. If, if that's an Everton player, then it's it's you know it's looked at. Mm-hmm. And you know, people talking about retrospective bans for Jordan Pickford. There was a goalkeeper called Oliver Kahn, and I'm sure we'll all remember. He'd be on death row. <laughs> yeah, I know it's 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 crazy. It's, it's crazy times, and and VAR VAR obviously allows for this, and the the game is now looked at 
in you know every little instance, every little frame is looked at in such minute detail. But when you see something like that, which is clearly a kick out, you know he, he's got he's got a pass. He was at the Derby Anfield last season where he elbows Tom Davis in the back of the head, Robertson, and then laughs in his face about it. Another example, he's he's, he's an angry, angry little person with a chip on his shoulder. And Liverpool fans love him. There was, again, Red Men TV, who uh, I think there was footage from this week where he said, Robbo is going to absolutely clean out Hammers. No, no question about it. So that's all condoned. That's all banter, laughing, joking. But then once you see Van Dyke being out for seven to eight months, it's not funny. When you see Robertson kick out at Allen, it's not even mentioned. And this is why, unfortunately, it's not all, but a lot. This is why Liverpool fans get a reputation for being so stupid and so petulant. Because every single time, they're absolutely shocking losers and they're even worse winners. And that's just, that's just, that's just how they are. But when I saw that yesterday, I was screaming at the television because I couldn't believe that he's feigned an injury there. It's obvious that he didn't even do anything. He's feigned an injury after kicking one of our players, and it's just being forgotten about and not even covered by anyone. It's and not just a kick, mate, though, is it? It's just a kick. No, it's he, not, he, no. he, he, he raked his studs down the back of his calf, mate. That's yeah. what he did. Yeah. You know what I mean, you know, he yeah. wasn't just a petulant kick out like Beckham did against Simeone. You know what I mean? There was a little mm. flick of the leg. He, he literally left his he left his studs on his calf there. He knew what he was doing. He obviously, Mina yeah. had pushed him over. It was a foul. It was a free kick. But you know, but the thing is, he, he, not only that, obviously the referee they're not even reviewed on VAR, and yeah. and and I'm I'm sure we will all agree with this. But I, the commentary from from McManaman in particular, yeah. and even Keown at times as well. By the way, he was an ex-blue. You wouldn't think so the way the way he was talking. But McManaman there, that was literally I, I, I was that was driving me mad. He was mm-hmm. so biased. You know, you've got Neville, you've got Carragher, obviously ex Man United, ex Liverpool. And you know, they do show little elements of bias. But overall, I'd like to think they're pretty decent commentators. You know, Neville quite readily scares United if they're playing poorly. You know what I mean? But Manaman was absolutely shocking in that game. And you know, even then, you know, like the, when they reviewed that incident, he was just literally, no, no, nothing in that. Nothing in that. You know, and he was more concerned about, oh, look, Robbo's injured it. He's down, like you were saying then. And, you know, and even at the end as well, with that offside, you know, he was, he was, he was saying how much of a joke it was. Hold on, you're supposed to be an impartial co-commentator here mate you know mm. what I mean and, and he, he was he was look it's hard to disassociate yourself from being a fan I get that but he's paid a handsome sum of money to be you know, for his for his you know so-called professional views on the game you know what I mean and it was quite cringing at times to listen to him in that match um it really was but yeah Robbo think, there definitely deserved, deserved a card I don't think Matt Malaman uh Keown or Fletch as he called them covered themselves in in glory, did the all game? I, I just thought it was it was atrocious. Um, but then let's move on again, shall we? Because a certain Sadio Mane had been booked in the um, let's have a little look in the 67th minute, and then before Richardson was sent off again, kicks out at Yerry Mina and sips him up off the ball. Again, not not even looked at. So there, there's there's a second a second booking most definitely. So there's two red cards we could have seen for Liverpool on the day. Wasn't mentioned again. We don't see it covered. Media, it's just all brushed under the carpet because Project Greed Football Club are who they are, and they get away with absolute murder. And it, and this this is why the they are so disliked. Unfortunately, you know, I I, I love football rivalries. I, I love you know having having a, a local side that we play against and having a derby and things like that. I love all that. Um, but what what I can't stand is this this sort of self entitlement 
that that they sort of breed and and it just it runs throughout the media and it absolutely makes me sick because it's all the talk about poor Virgil van Dijk, Jordan Henderson, the goal should have stood. Jordan Henderson saying that they've cared the line when they've drawn it. You know, is he going to get done by the FA for saying well, that he, that he, should, he, do. he should do for that, by the way. He won't, he but, he, but he won't. Yeah. But he won't. So this, this is this is what's actually us, but it's just it's just crazy, isn't it? But surely though, Pete, Mane should have had a second booking and should have been off as well. Yeah, of course he should. Of course he should. Uh, and it's what it you know it's why you you end up looking to the heavens when all the headlines are about these you know so called dodgy VAR decisions, which were completely by the book. Again, mm-hmm. the issue the issue is you don't like the rule, not the decision. But the, the the decision was incorrect, and I completely agree with you, Lee. The way that McManaman was going on after the decision was made, he made that like some kind of travesty had occurred on the pitch. No, the interpretation of the rule was correct. It's done by a computer program. the The problem is you don't like the rule, so you know you've got to be clear about what it is you're whinging about for a start. Yeah, Keown's I mean, words we were. Keown's words were, by the way. Are my eyes deceiving me? That's what that's what he actually said. He said when they showed the still of that offside, he actually said the words, Are my eyes deceiving me? That's got to be onside. You know what I mean? And it's just like that's unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. You know, it would not it's not difficult to turn around and say, Look, that's an extremely tight call there. They've got access obviously to the technology on their side. You know, we've got to feel with the current tech we've got in place where you still can't tell exactly when the ball's kicked. Right, so we have to go with what technology we've got on VAR at the minute, whether you agree with it or not. And and you know they've, they've pulled it up. You know we'd have been fuming if that was if that was us. Obviously, rightly so because it's your team. But then you have to just accept it. You know, not write up a petition going right. That's it. We're going to the bloody House of Lords with this. But but yeah. this is the question, right? This is the question I would put to to any red that's got an issue with either of those decisions. Was a mistake made? That's the question. Was a mistake made? Not. Do you like the decision? Not do you do you think it was correct? Was a mistake made given what the offside rule is? Because the answer is no. Yeah, but the, the, yeah, the line was under the current ruling. The rhyme was bent. The rhyme was bent. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it, just it, it, it is. It is. I mean, you know, we we we'll touch briefly on the on the goal, but obviously Richardson saw red for his tackle on Thiago, and you know, at the time, I, I thought. It was it was it it was a, it's a red card. It wasn't a great it's a red tackle. Card. Yeah, and card. we've all agreed on that. But again, you look at it back and he, he actually pulled he actually pulled out of it and got on with his shin, didn't it? With shin on shin in the end. Again, unfortunate because his foot was planted. And agreed it's it's a red card. We we can't argue. Richardson then comes out and apologizes last night and, and does it does the statement through his website. Um and then was was racially abused um and, and has since had to remove something that he put out because someone said about him going into studs first and I think he's put like an emoji to say, well, you know, the, the contact basically was shin on shin to say I I, I pull me I pull me foot away kind of thing. And then someone racially abused him and then the media then pick up on the fact that Richarlison was trying to justify this call. Um and has since deleted the post without looking at the bigger picture, the fact that he's been racially abused. And this is this this just boil, boils my blood. And, you know, derbies are, are emotional, of course. They are they're emotional for everyone involved. And probably even worse, the fact that we that we couldn't be there for the game, it probably makes things even even worse. And we, we've seen probably the best and worst of, of social media, in my opinion, uh, over the last 24 hours after, you know, 
during and after the game. You know, we we can all laugh and joke with the the lunatics who sit there watching the game um, and start going ballistic when they think they've scored a winner to to be told that it's been disallowed for offside. And I mean, they're great videos. You know, when you're bouncing around your box room. And then we get your mum on the telly and things like that. They they they're great to see. I look, I look, listen, I'm fine with I'm fine with all that. You know, it's the, the funny, but you know, people just cross the line, and some of the things that you see, it it's it's absolutely disgusting. You know, it's Arsenal's in the wrong, isn't he? And he said that, but to to then to, to then be abused the way that he's been abused, it's it's such a poor reflection on society and the individuals involved, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, mate. Go on, Tom. Was, yeah, no, I mean. I think I think Sky have got to start looking at themselves and what agendas they like to push, and especially the Premier League. I mean, they're all kneeling, aren't they, at the start of the uh, at the start of the games? What are they What are they kneeling for? What What's all that for? And we know what it's for now. And yet they bypass what's getting said about Richarlison on social media. I mean, there's been a lot of things about social media saying like it's it's bad and all that. Yeah, it's it, it's good in some cases, but it it just shows you. What type of place Twitter is sometimes, and I think it, I think it stems now from is that I think Liverpool fans are starting to get a little bit more worried about whatever they're doing now, and we're starting to become more apparent. I mean, the last ten years you've you've heard a lot of them, and you hear all the fans on when they're on YouTube and things like that. That they see Manchester United as the derby, and they all see that this is where it's come from, and they 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 don't like when sort of Everton start getting noticed and sort of getting more more look-ins than them. But I think on the Charleston, I think I think the more we talk about it on podcasts like this, that he needs he needs to defend them because let's have it right, I've seen some thingies that and whether you want to say it or not, he got called a monkey and that is mm. just absolutely mm. disgusting. Whether okay. whether whether it's whether you win with anything to do with football, like it's at the end of the day, it's a game of football. Mm. You, you don't attack someone personally for that. I mean, that is just disgusting. And it's probably, it, 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 it's probably kids. It's probably fifteen-year-old lads having having rants and raves about it. But at any age, you should be aware of what you're saying to people and how far do you go now? I mean, should you start getting police involved? Should Everton start taking action in that sense? Because I think they should do. Mm. I that that that's the way you should go about. It. I mean, we're making they're making petitions and everything about this. I mean. Um, what what about what about him personally? I mean, he's come out and apologised. Like, what what more can the lad do? Yeah, what, no, what, I, I mean, totally agree with you, mate. Totally agree. Does he want? Did he did he want to go knock on his house? And I I, I just don't understand. I mean, I, you could probably say just keep quiet. Maybe don't put out the apology. But what I think. It's fifty-fifty with one of them things, but to 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 get racially abused over a tackle where he's gone in, and I don't think he's in. Like we say, Prima, he's he hasn't gone in intentionally. He's he has pulled himself out. I mean, the stills don't look great, but when you see it in full, he he's only brushed his he's only brushed his shin. He's mm. brushed it and then pulled out and. I think once you start getting into, I think once start professional football start getting intertwined in arguments with fans on Twitter, it's just there's only one place it's going and it's bad, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, to- I totally agree with that, mate. I think, yeah, I think every fan, unfortunately, every club's probably got a minority of fans are, and I choose the word minority because I'd like to think it is only a minority. You know, I, we've all probably got red mates. You know, I spoke to a few of my red mates after the game, and one guy, to be fair to him, summed up great and said, "Like, I thought the draw was a fair result." You know what I mean? And that's a, 
you know, it's not all their fans are all obviously, you know, you know, bitter twist or whatever you want to call him or have some sort of problem with those. But, you know, he came out and said, you know, I thought Thiago and Hammers were the best two players on the pitch. I'd probably agree with him. I yeah. think Thiago had a great game. I thought he played brilliant for them. He'll add some into their midfield. Hammers, you know, those two probably did look probably two world-class operators on that pitch. You know what I mean? And those are sort of chats you want, you know what I mean? Where there is that little bit of needle, but at the same time, look, let's just say it as we see it. You know what I mean? And, you know, I would probably say, as I said at the start, I would probably say, you know, a draw was probably the fair result. Yeah, there was blood and thunder in it, which is what you want in a derby. You know, if we start outlawing tackles, then the game's just going to be useless. It's, it's almost heading that way anyway. You know what I mean? So, you know, I, I quite like the fact that Alan was niggling away at all of them. I know eventually he got booked, but, you know, he was in everyone's face. That's what you want for your midfielder there. That's his job. You know, he just want you know his job's not to allow players to turn and run at people. So yeah, overall, hopefully, we'd like to think it's minor, a minority of fans in it. But um, you know, fingers crossed. You know, yeah, sorry, it, it it is, isn't it? Because we all we all we all have got Liverpool fan friends, haven't we? We all, yeah. you know, I've I've got friends that I've grew up with since school, and you know, they'd never ever condone things like that, and. It, it, sometimes it it just goes a bit too far, doesn't it? Where you've just got to step back and think it's a game of football and one star. I mean, they're the, the worst losers I've ever seen in my life, haven't they? Really, the, I mean, the whole fan base are. I mean, you, if when when I mean, ever, I mean, if you talk about petitions, Everton could have done one when uh, Van Dyke brought uh, Calvert Lewin down. If we, but we're not that type of people. Would you know what I mean? Mm. It, it's just get on with it, isn't it? You know, let, yeah, let's have it right just... Van Dyke as well. I know he got taken out. But, you know, he, he, he left it on two people before that. He took he hammers out in the first yeah. 60 seconds of the game. He knew what he was doing. He didn't pull out of that. I think it was at Calvert-Lewin about two minutes after Calvary. that. Left his foot yeah. in again. Yeah. yeah. You know, so he's, uh, he's obviously a typical centre-half to go, look, I'm here. I'm leaving my foot in here just so you know I'm here. You know what I mean? There was a bit of um, there's a bit of um, was a text commentary. I'm not sure what it was off. I just saw a, a photo on Twitter, which basically was doing a run of commentary of the game, saying, "Oh, Van Dyke's left one on on Hammers early there. Let them know he's there straight away." And then another one, he's also left one on Calvert Lewin as well, just to say, "I'm the daddy." You know what's yeah. what's that about? What's that yeah. about? It's just no it's Sky just, that mate. I think that was Sky commentary. Well, that, it might have been, yeah, yeah it might have yeah. been. You know, but but then but you know, there's there's you against the end there. Listen, we, we've lived with Clattenberg, we've lived with Dirk House, we've lived with Steven Gerrard, we've lived with, with you know, Carragher pushing their uh, players when it should have been a penalty. We've lived with all that. We, we, we've had it all over the yeah. years. So it was about time we got something yesterday. And at the end of the day, Everton's top of the league after five games. There we go. You know, that, that's where we are. Yeah. We're progressing. Yeah. We're, we're causing issues. We're, we're rustling feathers. We've got quality on the pitch. The, the squad's looking better. And I, for one, I'm absolutely delighted. So, if you would have said to me five games in, thirteen points, top of the league, I'd bite your hand off. And it, it's it's great to see. It's great to see at a time when when we when listen, let's get it right. We need it. It's, it's a tough time for everyone, of course it is. But we need yeah. something to to sort of get hold of. And you know, we're all in love with the club, and and it, it's great to see us at the top of the table, isn't it? Um, yeah. Just just to finish as well, mate. I wanted to say there quickly. One thing that's really really impressed me, and Tom touched on this briefly before. But um, is, is, is it didn't feel for the first time in a long time that we played with an inferiority complex in that game. That's the first time I've actually felt where, hang on a minute, whether it's the players on the pitch, you know, whether it's the likes of Allen and people like that, whether it's the confidence that Ancelotti has given the team, you know, don't know. But um, it probably is a, a bit of a mixture of everything, really, because one of Carlo's best traits is that he, he's a great man manager and he makes players feel 100 foot tall. 
Um, mm. But that's the first time, you know, that I've, I felt that we you know, we went on the pitch there. And when we went down, we didn't buckle. You know, we got back, we worked our way back into the game. And obviously, we, we came came from behind twice. You know, um, you know, I'm not going to say it's directly related to the 80s when they, you know, you see it in the Howard's Way documentary and when they played Liverpool in that match. And I think they drew with them in that game. But it was the first time when Everton were emerging then thinking, yeah, we can have these. I'm not saying it's directly directly akin to that, but you know that could be a sign there that, you know, hang on a minute, you know, we if we have a decent season here, you know, we could be really hopefully challenging for stuff by the end of it. Mm. There's, there's definitely there's definitely a shift, isn't it? You, you can feel it. I'm not, and again, it's not about saying we're going to be champions this season or next season. It's it's a shift in mentality, and we've said it all along. Mentality is the most important thing. If you think you can win a game. Then you will win a game, you know, and you and you will challenge. I think Calvert Lewin's words were, were great, and he, he was so disappointed not to win the game. You know, he, he said it himself. Now, you know, how many times over the years will we come away and go, yeah, a point there, great that Calvert Lewin was saying, no, we want to win the game. You know, we're, we're here to win every game that, that we're involved in, and we want to compete with the best. And that's what you want to hear, and and to get those kind of noises from the players. You know, players who've been there under a few managers as well and have gone through it a little bit as well. I, I love to hear that. And the noises from inside the club are really, really good and really positive. And, and that's, what, that's what we want to be, don't we? Yeah. we compete. I, I think I think literally that all stems from Carlo Ancelotti, doesn't it? Yeah. I think since before he come in, you, you hear, even, even you heard it from David Moyes, where it's sort of this thing like, Oh, like lowering the bar kinds of attitude where oh we're not we're not there yet or we're not that good. You you always heard little inklings like that from David Moyes and you even heard it from Marco Silva sometimes. And with Ancelotti, he's just come in and just absolutely give the place a breath of fresh air, hasn't he? I mean, he's brought this mm-hmm. I I call it elitism type of attitude where it's like no, we 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 don't just want to get to finals. We don't just want to be sort of in the mix. No, we want to be top and that's it. That, and that's the attitude that Everton should have. I mean, you hear it all the time from like my dad and t- people who grew up and people who've seen like the 80s team and who won things and it's like, well no, we we were the best we were the best team in the world at one point. So mm. that's that's what we should be aiming to and that's what we should get to. Because you know at the end of the day Everton Everton are probably one of the biggest clubs in England, aren't they? Let's let's have it right. I mean, they were they were the ones who started the Premier League. They were the ones who kicked off the whole football league at the start of when it first come up, first come about. So we we if anyone's got a define right, I think it's Everton. <laughs> yeah, totally right, mate. And and it's you know all, all the pieces are now seems to be falling into place, which is which is the key. Uh, we've got the right people in the right jobs with the right attitude, and they bring. That, that that winning mentality with them, and I, I I can't wait to see where we go. I can't, and and it's I'm I'm so excited to think to see what Carl can do over the next say two or three years. Again, you're getting even a bit more quality. Again, you know, players at the level of your Hamas Rodriguez, who who were just literally match winners. You know, they've they've won so much in the career, and it's exciting. It, it really is, and yeah. you know, it moves us like you know, sorry, make one. No, no, it's it's just you. You, when you watch it, you see you've seen teams in the past where the the starting to build and you can see the momentum starting to shift in them, and you can see that when you're seeing with Tottenham and you've seen it even with Liverpool, you're sort of seeing this shift in attitude with teams, and you think, oh, they're they're going somewhere, and Everton are going somewhere. At 
did, did uh, Marcel Brands, I don't think, gets enough credit, by the way. I thought he's done, he's done absolutely exceptional in the um, transfer window to get all of the baggage, most majority of that baggage that we've been left off the books to get mm. players in like James Rodriguez on a free, to get Allen in. I mean, I think we're maybe... We're pro. I mean, it, we're not a complete squad just yet or a complete team, but we're probably like two or three from being a really, really smart outfit. Mm. Well, it, it's it's great that you've that you've got onto that point there because we're, we're going to speak briefly just about the transfer window because we, we've discussed in detail already over the last few weeks the signings of obviously James, Alan, the core, uh, and Conku as well, who's, who's coming and done a really good job. And you know, since since then we we've seen the the signings. We we brought in obviously uh, Olsen, who's come in as as backup to Jordan Pickford. Uh, we mentioned Godfrey on the last podcast. Obviously today he, he did he did well. What what we saw on the the domestic deadline on Friday was we we saw the outgoing of, of uh, Callum Connolly to to Fleetwood. Um, the breakdown of a move for, for Yannick Balassi to, to Middlesbrough, which I don't think Neil Warnock was too happy about in terms of Yannick Balassi's part that he played in that. Um, and we, we, we've still got a few of me on the books, and like said, like you, you Mo Bessic as an example, who was linked with Rangers and that never came off. Um, I think I think I, I read that there are still a couple of windows. Is, is the Turkish window still open until near the end of the end of this month? I think there's about another week to run on that one. So there's potentially yes. Potentially, maybe a couple of moves in the offing for, for certain players. But all, all, all in, I'll come to you first, Peter. I can. What are you grading this window? Because I think back to to last summer. Obviously, different times. We 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 brought in what we thought we had a decent window, but we thought we were sure we were light in in certain areas. Centre back being being one. What are you grading the window as a whole? Are you, are you happy with it? Could we have done more? Are you happy with the outgoings? What what do you think? I, I'd give it a solid 9 out of 10. I, I think the club have been fantastic this window. You know, assertive, set out, knowing exactly who they want to bring in, um, exactly the, the profile, the type of players, and they, they've executed it. Um, and we've not been held to ransom either. I think early on in the window, I think some fans got a bit jittery, didn't they, that, um, you know, we weren't getting business done lightning quick. And I think Chelsea were out the blocks, weren't they? Um, with the checkbook and pen, <laughs> signing everyone left, right, and centre the first couple of weeks, and everyone, you know, thought, "Gosh, you know, what a season they're going to have." And um, I think Marcel Brands and Co have, I think they've handled it brilliantly. I, I think maybe we we've missed out on a right back. Um, I know we were linked with Arias, weren't we? And um, was it Dalot as well? I think yeah, I'm just lost a big fan of him. So, you know, given what happened to Coleman at the end of the derby. You know, you maybe wonder, are we slightly light there? Because is John Joe Kenny quite at the level we maybe need him to be um, for for the Premier League? But, you know, look how well Godfrey played. Uh, hopefully, if Holgate comes back, he could slot in there. Um, I know Gabamon's not a right back, but, you know, we've got him to come back in, haven't we? And Delft can do a <laughs> marginal job at fullback. <laughs> He can do something there. But no, I, I think it's been a fantastic window. Um, personally, I was a little bit disappointed we uh, we went in for Josh King or if we were that we couldn't bring him in over the line because I'm a big, big fan of his. I think he would have really added something um, to us. But maybe that deal was dependent on getting certain outgoings over the line. Mm. I don't know. Um, but I think it's been a fantastic window. Yeah, I, th- I think that the Josh King one's 
funny because last last year I I said he was one the way I thought we we could nip him forget I thought he had he got a decent profile and I think I think in this system he he did you know particularly well I think maybe we're a little bit short now if in terms of the Calvert Lewin gets injured with Tad Short and obviously Richardson can play through the middle um, but I would have liked to have seen back up with Moise Keane going to Paris Saint Germain on low someone maybe to come in whether they think Sims can step up I don't know I mean he hasn't obviously played any first-team football, um, but they, they certainly do rate the kid, and, and I think he needs a loan, uh, if, if anything, to go and blood himself in the in the Championship or League One to get some some league football under his belt. Uh, but, 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 Lee, what, what do you think in terms of the window? Are you, are you, are you as happy as Pete is? Do, do you think that we've got a, a squad now that we, you know, we, can, we can compete for the top four, top six? I think it's been an outstanding window, mate. I think we, we, we will certainly... If you look at the squad we had going into it, not just obviously the players we've signed, but like Tom said, the players we managed to get out as well uh, off the books, like Ramirez, people like Schneidlin, he was on big wages. Um, you know, and you've got to give Marcel Brands massive credit. He's come in there, you know, obviously with a bit of pedigree. But, you know, we've talked about it on other podcasts. He's been involved in something like over 80 transfers already in such a short time. And he, you want to get your squad to a position where you're literally just adding maybe one or two, two or three. And with Carlo now, you will have seen that there was a massive deficiency in midfield. We've addressed that. We have a nice balance in midfield now with the type of players we've got. And hopefully now, we're probably just two or three off, you know, two or three on. And hopefully we can just add to it. It would have been too much to ask to maybe bring in a top keeper. And I think he's quite happy to probably have a look at Jordan again for this season. Um... And as we've all said, uh, you know, maybe you'll go all out and try and bring someone like a Donnarumma in who's coming out of contract. You know, he's, he's, he's still only 21, which amazes me. Cause I think he started playing for Milan when he was like 16, 17. It's nuts. But um, he, he's a top keeper. So listen, pre-contract pre, pre agreements in, in January with him on, on a little free in the summer. A little free for, uh, for Donnarumma. And then we, 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 we'll, we'll, he, he would transform us he would transform us as a keeper. Every, every top side that's gone on to win something needs a top keeper and you know Jordan as good as he is in, in terms of shot stopping and spectacular saves he just makes too many mistakes you know, he's up there with Kepa for me in terms of making mistakes and you can't have a keeper like that behind you Mina's up Mina's another one yeah I think he struggles when he plays against pace you know short quick fast players who, who get around him I think he really struggles uh, around that Keane's been outstanding so maybe I'd have thought we possibly could have got someone in uh, over the line. we did end up getting Godfrey in and I'm pleased we did because I think he will he will go on he's not of the finished article I think Carlo spoke quite highly of him in terms of what he is where he is now and obviously look he'll, he'll, he'll go on and probably make him into a proper centre-half um, but yeah right back if you're being really picky probably possibly could have got someone there um, the poor Ari Asi we were linked with got a shocking injury for Colombia didn't he in the week the poor lad um, so you know best of luck to him but um, King's a, w- a weird one because obviously he, has got, he is injury prone um, he has played well whenever he's played against us um, and he is very very quick and he can play off the left he can play through the middle so maybe it might have been worth a punt potentially because I am a, bit, a little bit worried if Calvert-Lewin does pick up an injury we've now lost of course with Charleston for three games haven't we um, mm-hmm. interesting to see who he plays in off the left there he might play someone like Bernard or Awobi. Um but we'll see look we're really yeah, we're really or, or Anthony Gordon, yeah, but we're really nitpicking there. 
Um, we've had a, you know, maybe Chelsea aside um, in terms of the names they've signed, we've, we've had the best window for me. Tom, echo those, uh, those thoughts, my lad. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be a little bit more critical. I'll probably give it like a seven and a half out of ten. But <laughs> just just on certain things, it's just a little bit worrying. Like, I know you just go on about a right back, but I think, I think what Cole, I mean, unfortunately, he is injured now, but I think Coleman has shown that he is capable of playing that, playing that role. And maybe Kenny, I mean, I watched Kenny for Schalke. I, don't, I still don't think he's sort of got rid of them defensive defensive sort of lapses that he's had in the past, even with Everton. And um, so I, I thought I thought right back weren't too bad. I was sort of happy with right back. Um Hammer's coming in, brilliant sign. I think he brings the creative creative midfielder that we desperately needed. To core eight legs, just absolute uh, work rates for uh, fantastic. I think I think that's exactly what we've needed, just legs in the midfield, just to go up and down the pitch, box-to-box uh, midfielder. Alan, yeah, I think he's exactly the same again. I think the, them two profiles were the probably the main profiles that we were looking at with me in the uh, transfer window. So I think I think we've done well there. I just think with right, right wing, I think that's a major thing for me. I thought we haven't really got someone who sort of... Can go in behind, sort of uh, in behind defensive lines. I mean, Richarlison's good, but he's more of like a target man where he sort of likes it to his feet and he can get in behind. But I know we sold Walcott, but that's, I know he never really brought much to the team. But that sort of like profile I thought we could have went and got that sort of, mm. that brought us pace, that sort of give, give teams a little bit of a um, sort of question mark on whether to go or not. Because the pace Walcott brought, he, he always brought a threat, in my opinion. So yeah, that and um, I think it was a bit. I think uh, hopefully it doesn't come to bite us back on the backside. But um, I think letting Michael Keane, uh, sorry, uh, Moise Keane go to PSG, I thought that was a little bit odd, considering that we've brought no one in, and mm. I, I don't really trust the Charleston playing up on his own if. Calvert Lewin did sort of get injured because if you remember back, he, he sort of got put in that position from uh, Marco Silva in a few instances, and he just never really held the ball up well as what Calvert Lewin can do or what a certain certain striker that you need to do that. So yeah, seven and a half. I mean, on Pickford, just quickly, in my opinion, I think it's writing on the wall with him. I think it he's done. I think I think Ancelotti's given plenty of ample opportunities to sort of correct what he's done and he's even come out and backed them and listen, they're elite managers and once they start losing faith into you, it's it's like I say, it's cutthroat, isn't it? You you're on you're on the uh, you're on the bus out of here. So yeah, I think I think on Pickford, I think it's I think it's a done deal really. whether whether you can get him off the books is another thing, though. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're hoping he has a as a half decent season because we want him to obviously retain value well, and hopefully make, make money yeah. on him in the end of the day. Yeah, well, I I wouldn't be surprised if he brought in Olsen. I mean, I've watched Olsen in some circumstances. I mean, he was good at Copenhagen and then he he didn't have the best 
best of times at Roma, but I thought he was solid for Calgary. I thought he had re- he's a really solid keeper. I mean, what he brings and what I think Ancelotti wants is just calmness. I, I think that's what you want from a keeper anyway, don't you? I think there's too much on Jordan now. I think he's very, like we said, the, the, the key word with him is he's very erratic and I don't think you can have a keeper like that. If if you if your keeper comes away from a match and you're not speaking about him, then he's he's had a very good game, hasn't he? Yeah. And for him to be a liability, and then it's not just that; it's it's what he's causing the defense to do and thinking putting ideas into Michael Keane's head and yet he mean is doubts mm-hmm. whether to, he's coming or going, whether he's gonna come clear. You just don't know with him, do you? And that, that's one thing I think, yeah, I think in the end, I think you will see Olsen coming in. Yeah, we, we, I mean, we said with Pickford that the, the, the biggest thing with him is the, the lack of confidence he, he gives to his centre-halves. And, you know, we, we haven't got two in the mid, at the back of the moment in the middle who've got that recovery pace, especially. And, you know, it, it does concern me. So if Pickford's a little bit in two minds, I, I trust us a whole gate. I'm probably a, a Godfrey more than I would do Keane and Mean, is it, to, to mock things up. Um, but with with Olsen, was he six foot five? He should be great, and you know, in the air from corners and set pieces, he should, he should be commanding his area, which what Pickford doesn't seem to be able to do, and that's a massive thing for your defence. You know, you, you've got to trust the keeper to command the area. So, like you say, we may see Olsen come in maybe sooner rather than later. You know, we don't know what Carlos thinking is on that. But the Moise Keane side of things for me was, was a big thing, not getting a, another centre forward in. But I think with Moise Keane. I don't think he wanted to be here. It's, I think it was dead straightforward. So it's, it's, is it a case of keeping someone here who's going to offer you very, very little because his attitude's not right, his, his mind isn't on the job, or do you get a, a decent loan fee and his wages off the books for, for 12 months and, and get a bit back? And, and you know, t- another way, we're, we're taking a gamble, aren't we? Because no one else has come in, but do we take that chance? And maybe, just maybe, if we need to, Bring Ellis Sims through to the first team squads, you know, sooner than than he should do. I don't know, but that was the biggest, the biggest one for me is not getting a centre forward in. Uh, but a solid, a solid eight, eight and a half for me. You know, I thought more, more you know, the names that have been brought in and that, that quality and the creativity and, like you say, the legs in midfield, exactly what we needed. And and at the moment, we're reaping the rewards. You know, quarter final of the league cup, one beating the league and top of the league after playing. Two of the notorious top six sides. Great start of the season, you know. And let's let's hope yeah. you go into the Southampton game next week. That continues because that's going to be a tough game, you know. Southampton for me, I I agree that has a total very very high. I think I think he's a great coach. I think he's done he's done well down there. He's got players playing uh, his system really well. But they you know they, they're currently sitting Southampton. I think they've got seven points from the uh, they're opening five games. Currently sitting eleventh as, as we're speaking today. Came back really well against Chelsea, you know. Ne- never say they attitude again with them, and got a got a three old three old draw. But Pete, what what are your thoughts on the game against Southampton? A tough I game. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really really tough ask. You know, um, I, I think I think like you, I think they're really organised. I think they've got a great pressing system. They've got pace. The you know they've got big players at the back, strong centre midfield, good quality on the ball. I, I think the two or three players short of um, you know being a top eight side really Southampton um, and I, I think if they have a a better start than they did last season um, they, they could easily push the top eight um, I I really like them I think my worry for me is losing Richarlison what he gives you both in attack and defence um, 
I, I think it could be a really tough game for us, especially after the derby um, and the intensity of that game. So I'm hopeful we'll get another win over the line, but I, I think it could be a draw this. Mm. I, I think the players will probably get a, a decent a decent couple of days rest, especially those who've travelled so far last week. And it's been it was, you know, a real hectic, maybe you know, seven to ten days for quite a few of them. Uh, so I'd hope to see them get a couple of days off and refresh. But like you say, the Richarlison loss for three games is big. You know, we, we, we he's, he's almost our, our talisman. And like you say, I mean, you saw him defensively against Liverpool. There was one point where he, he ran back about probably 90 yards to get back and cover at right back um, in that first half, which is what he, that's what he gives you. You know, take away his goals and his, his creativity. He, he gives you so much more than that. So he's a big loss. But, but you know, we, we'll see. Lee, Lee, what are your thoughts? You know, like we've said, the start of the season, not too bad. Great comeback against Chelsea. Uh, they've got players you, you can you can certainly do a bit of damage, but do, do you think we can go there and, and get the win? Uh, no, like P, I think it'll be a tricky game. Uh, you, you know, we, it wasn't that long ago we played them post lockdown, um, and they absolutely played us off the park that first half. Uh, we were lucky not to get uh, to go in quite a few behind there, weren't we? Um, obviously, this is a very different Everton team now, uh, certainly in midfield. Um, but I think the rest will do as a world of good. That you know, I'd, I'd love to have, uh, for us to have played this derby maybe tomorrow night or something. To be honest, um, you know, twelve thirty after an international break was just a ridiculous idea, especially if it's the flagship game over the weekend. But obviously that's TV in it, and obviously that's what they've done. But uh, I think you would have probably had um, not that it was a bad game anyway. But I think you'd have, you know our players would have had a bit more of a rest than I would have fancied as probably a little bit more, even if it had been Monday. But um, the Samson game, yeah. Oh, you know, you've got Danny Ings. Danny Ings is banging form. He scored again at the weekend. Seems to score against us every time as well. Um, scored an outrageous fluke against us, didn't he, in the last game? Um, but um, yeah, it's, it's it's one of those weird ones, really, because they'll be a bit boy. They'll be boy. They'll think they'll think that you know coming out coming out of the game they scored a last minute equaliser, didn't they? Walcott um, was involved in that, but. Um, it's one of those games. I think if we impose ourselves and we play the way we've been playing, aside maybe from the derby, I think we'll beat them. Um, but it, you know that that's not to discredit them because, like P said, they're probably only a handful of uh, players away from pushing for a European place. So you know you can't just take them lightly. So I, I do think um, we might just nick it. I think we might just nick it if we turn up and play. We'll miss Richarlison definitely. But if Bernard or Awobi can come in there, which I think it'll be one of those two, by the way, um, I think we might just nick it. Look at the form Calvert-Lewin's in at the minute. Look at the form that lad's in at the minute. It's absolutely outstanding. You know, he scored 10 goals, scored in, in, in the week for, for, for his country, first ever goal. Um, you know, the boy's absolutely flying, isn't he? Um, and you know, if we can give him the service like Luca Dean did the other day, um, bearing in mind he was feeding off mainly scraps at the weekend and he still scored. Um, I think I think we can shade it um, at the weekend for me. Tom, tough game down down the south coast against Southampton. Yeah, yeah. I always for some reason I always think they're a bit of like a bogey team really going down there. I don't ever really think we've done that well down there. I mean, was it Sigurd and that scored an absolute world? He was it down there a few seasons ago. So yeah, I mean it. It just reeks of one of them games, doesn't it? Where you, you, you think they might, this could be one of them where they might get beat. But I think the, the, the big benefit for Everton now is that they've got eight days off. They've got eight days rest. And 
it's it's a Sunday game, four o'clock kickoff. But the one thing where Pete made a good point of is that what Richardson brings defensively to the team. That that I think that's a massive, massive uh, thing that uh, fans need to look at on that standpoint because I don't think really we've got anyone else in the side that that can go both uh, both ways down the uh, down the wing. So I think maybe a draw. Um, you're pushing it there. I think I think they're starting to hit a bit of good form. It was a very good, um, very good draw what they got against Chelsea. So I mean, if you come away with a draw, I think you'd be happy with that. From what we what we're leaving for. Then again, we might never. It's it. I, I think what I think what we look I, I look at it from is that you're looking at it from like past experiences with Everton and you're looking at them from that. There's always doubts, isn't it, with Everton? You'll always start questioning everything. So I think you've got to start giving this this actual team some confidence. And I seen if they if they go away and do what they done against Tottenham and dictate play and start getting comfortable on the ball, I think I think they'll wipe the floor with them. But if they go there and they turn up like they did for the first ten minutes with Liverpool, especially against a team who's scored scored a, a Scored late against Chelsea, who will be that will lose confidence for them. You're going to struggle. Mm. I mean, they've you know they they did get smashed at home by Spurs, didn't they? That that you know strange game the five two. Um, you know they they obviously they've come back and and got a good draw against Chelsea. They they, they are a danger side for me, and I think I think they're well drilled and and I think like you said, them the, the eight days off the recovery time. Is pivotal for us for, for this particular game, especially a lot of our, I say, a lot of the, the, the big hitters, you know, Hammers in particular, Yaina, um, obviously we said he struggles a little bit in the in the derby. He's, he's going to have have some time off. Um, I think Brantwaite's going to be back potentially for not that he'll start, but another body to add to the squad. Uh, likely Huddersfield Coleman's going to be out, so we we should probably see Godfrey coming coming at right back. Um, but a real, a real Sahid game, and they're just not sure what to, what to expect, you know. But I'm, we're going to go on that down here full of confidence. We, we, we've got to be, you know, we've we've not played particularly well and got a draw with Liverpool. We've won the other four games in the league this season. We're on, obviously won all the, all the games in the cup. You know, Calvert Lewin's flying. I just, I just think that that, that field goal factor, and you know, the motivation. And the will to win is there with us, and you know it's. I think the attitude is has been so good since the start of the season, and you know winning becomes a habit. It really does, and I think we'll go down there, and I, and I just have too much. I just think we'll have too much. You know, if if, if we've got everyone in, obviously Bar, Richardson, and, and and Seamus Coleman, I think we win the game. I'm not. It won't be a comfortable game, but I think I think probably a two-one win for Everton. Um, Calvert Lewin again will be amongst the goals, no doubt. Um, and I've, I've got a little, a little uh, feeling we're going to see uh, Abdullah Dakore winner for the Blues as well <laughs> down at Southampton. His first goal, a marauding run like we saw for Watford was it was against Brighton. Uh, that that kind of goal from Abdullah Dakore. Hope so anyway. But it's going to be a sticky game, of course. But yeah. I've got a, a little, a little suspicion we're going to go down there and. And grab the three points. Uh, I think, but yeah, I think, I think, I think, I think we should be confident because I think the game, if it's going to be one, it's going to be midfield, isn't it? I mean, they play four four two, and 
you can sort of see in James Rodriguez finding that space in the midfields. It, it's not going to be as compact as what Liverpool done. I mean, they, they play two in the midfield and Walprouse is going to be going advancing. So if we can sort of hit them on the break, I don't think they'll cope with it. I mean, if you get to James' feet and you've, he's got runners in front of him, I think I think he's very dangerous, isn't he? And we've seen that. So I think I think if we can do that and get him on the ball and get him into spacing between the lines, I think I don't think they'll cope midfield wise. But they've got to be they've got to be on top of the game for games like this. These are the games where the 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 more in my opinion the more important than like the big going against Liverpool and that because these are the type of games that add your points to the season overall. These are the game, type yeah. of games that is a sort of hit and miss whether you get Europe or just just fade out of Europe. So let's hope they do win. Yeah. Yeah. We said me about the Palace game. That that's a similar kind of game as well. We went there and got the win. But they're the games that you need to go and win because you know like you say they. They're the ones that you, you you get the points ticking over, and you, you know they're the ones that get you the European places at the end of the day. But look forward to it again. Sunday game, eight days rest, um, and it, it's great to, to be looking forward to, to watching the Blues play play once again. But Tom, thanks for coming on the show, mate. Really enjoyed that. No, no, much appreciated, mate. Yeah, um, thanks very much. Thanks for having me. Well, yeah, great, great job, you mate. Sammy's. And he's on every other week at the moment, so um, oh, he'll yeah. bring you on as well, <laughs> a bit more, and, and take <laughs> and take his place. Only interesting, Andy, if you're listening over again uh, in Cyprus, which I'm sure you are. Yeah, he's probably, um, probably got his feet up, with his uh, Hawaiian I, shirt I, on and that, hasn't he? <laughs> no, I, can, I can see him with, with a, a nice Panama hat, Hawaiian shirt, yeah. and, a, and a pair of chinos and, and sliders. What do you reckon he drinks? Do you reckon he drinks pints or do you reckon he's got like a little cocktail with a little oh, umbrella? No, no. He's got a little pina colada or something, <laughs> hasn't he? Yeah, really. <laughs> he's, he's, yeah. he's watching his movies on his iPad, isn't he? Yeah, really. <laughs> I, I can see him with a little a little mojito, little mojito in hand, I think. Uh, with a, with a little uh, a little cig- a little cigar and a and a pair a pair of aviators on. That's that's Andy on Ollie for me. <laughs> And he can he needs to confirm or deny these rumours as well. So we look forward to, uh, to that to that confirmation over the course over the course of the week. But we will be back. We'll be back next week, obviously post Southampton, and then we'll be looking back in the game and, and looking forward to to the trip to uh, to St James's Park the following weekend. So we will catch you then. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues, three opinions, one Everton podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.